Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Let's be honest for a moment. Over the past four weeks, have you been paying attention? Or have you been distracted? I mean, Advent's only four weeks. God's not asking for a ton. In these diligent days, we take on our spiritual disciplines and we do the spiritual work our faith outlines for us. We give generously, we read and study the scriptures, we find solutions for injustices, we get more serious about prayer, we get out into the world and do the Christian work of tending to the sick and marginalized. Because if we don't do the work, who will? I've basically just summed up for you, at least in spirit, the vast majority of sermons that I've heard over the course of my 47 years. And God help me if I ever preached that sermon to you. If I ever shroud the wonder and mystery and joy of God's stunning action in the world by making the story little more than a self-absorbed cattle prod to get us to double down. Advent absolutely is about waiting, but it's about waiting for God. The heresy of that wreck of a sermon that I started with is that it has almost nothing to do with God. In most of our religion, it is shocking to find out that God is mostly a bystander. If God's ever mentioned at all, God is sprinkled along there for us to get along with the business that we really think we humans are supposed to be doing. In this world, God generally sets out moral imperatives or ethical responsibilities and obligations, but then let's be real, it's really about us. It's really up to us. I'd like to be as clear as I can, that narrative is false religion. It's some version of deism. It is not the story of God's action in Jesus Christ for helpless people, out of love, saving and redeeming the world. Hear uh, Mary's song again. Probably the central song in all of scripture is the one that Mary sings to us. Listen to this song again and hear who it is that's being emphasized. Whose name? Whose action? And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all gener generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be faithful and merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he promised to our fathers. You cannot seriously read that hymn and think that there's any hope in anyone's actions other than the one who sent Jesus Christ into the world. This is the great mystery of faith, and it really could be summed up in one reality, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, creating, sustaining, redeeming, healing, giving us our hope. Mary's Magnificat is stunning. It's disruptive, as we've talked about probably most uh, fourth weeks of Advent for the past two to three years. This is not a docile Christmas card lyric. Mighty one, those who fear him, scattering the arrogant, bringing down the powerful from their thrones, lifting up the lowly, filling the hungry, sending the rich away empty, helping and saving Israel. But what I want to emphasize today is that it is God who is doing all of this. There's an old version of Mary. You've probably heard it, especially if you grew up in churches like I did. The story is told as if she were merely a passive, meek girl. Really nothing more than just an empty vessel who happened to be in the right place at the right time. There's probably a lot happening in that theology. At the top of the list would be one that's uncomfortable with female strength. But as my friend said this week, Mary was the mother of holy fire, trying her best to be an ark of a new covenant. What most of us are probably disconnected with in our theological narratives is what the early church believed about Mary. They believed a lot of things about Mary. But one is that in Mary's very body, she was enacting as the ark of the new covenant. In the same way that this uncontainable God was in some sense made visible to the world in the first ark of the covenant, that in a new and more powerful way, Mary in her very body was bringing into the world as a new ark, this new covenant, this action of love for the sake of the world. The problem with that old story is that it doesn't reckon with Mary's unprecedented faith. This courage that astounds us. It doesn't do justice to this new ark that Mary is in the biblical story. There's a newer version sometimes that we see of Mary as some kind of inflamed guerrilla warrior who's charging in to burn down the empire. The problem with this picture is that it misses the central fact that Mary's unique courage, her stunning example as the great mother, was her faith. This is exactly the way the scripture puts it. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. The great faith that Mary models for us the great faith that the Virgin Mother asks us to embrace with her 
is this faith that God is acting in history and will act in history and that we can trust God's promises and we can believe God and we can move into the world with courage even if everything seems absolutely ridiculous because can you imagine that moment when Mary heard this strange word and she had absolutely nothing to go on but then that she believed God was calling her. Preaching, what I am doing here at this moment, is first and fundamentally, always, the proclamation of what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. The subject of preaching is God, not us, certainly not me. The primary actor in the world is God through Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Advent and Christmas, this wild and scandalous story, absolutely tells us a simple truth. We are in deep, deep trouble. And God, in the most impossible way, and in a way that we could never have dreamed up, set out to do something about it. God is our salvation. We're desperate. We're shrinking. We're collapsing. We need salvation. We need to be rescued. We need God. And only God revealed in Jesus Christ can be our salvation. Not merely as some outside intervention, but God, God's own being, because God has always been the sustaining life, the breath, the hope, the energy. It has always been God who has sustained us. It's only been our ignorance and foolishness that's pushed that life and breath away. But God continues to advent. God continues to come. God continues to act. Denise uh, Levertov in her uh, poem, Primary Wonder. It says, Days pass when I forget the mystery. Days pass when I forget the mystery. Problems insoluble and problems offering their own ignored solutions jostle for my attention. They crowd its antechamber along with a host of diversions. My courtiers wearing their colored clothes, caps, and bells. And then, and then, once more, the quiet mystery is present to me. The throng's clamor recedes. The mystery that there is anything, anything at all, let alone cosmos, joy, memory, everything, rather than void, and that, O oh Lord, creator, hallowed one, you steal, hour by hour, sustain it. O oh Lord, creator, hallowed one, you steal, hour by hour, sustain it. So this is the invitation to remember, to remember the mystery, the mystery at the heart of Advent, the mystery at the heart 
of Christmastide that we will soon be entering, at the heart of Epiphany, at the heart of Easter and Pentecost and ordinary time, at the heart of every page of Scripture, at the heart of your agonies, at the heart of every pain and injustice you experience, at the heart of every fear, every place of ego, every place of disorientation, in every place, the very heart of that is that God is acting and God is your salvation. Cheryl Bridges-Jones puts this about as well as it can be put. Advent is the acknowledgement that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot reason ourselves into a world of light and happiness. We cannot prevent the dark forces of poverty, abuse, and war. We need a savior. We need Christ to come and bring about the power of the new creation. Advent exposes the lie that we are able to sustain our own lives. Rather, it tells us that we are taken under the brooding wings of the Holy Spirit. In this space of hidden brooding, brooding, the longing found within the heart of God touches human longing. Here, we learn to pray in the Spirit with groans and sighs, too deep for words. You see, Advent tells us the true story of the world, that God has acted, that God is acting still, that our hope depends on the sure promise that God comes to us. And all that was required, all that was required was for one brave, courageous, faithful woman to say yes. that Mary heard and saw God and believed that what God said was true and took God's word and said yes. Would you pray with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.